I want my chips with a dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips plain, I want my chips with a dip. So bring them this. PER 20.1. Eh. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about because the CJ. theme song was playing. <laughs> oh, it's all right. All right, we are live with another edition of the dip. Sorry for that uh random ass opening we just had there. Uh shooting from the hip right now. Uh, but not really for the rest of this episode. We gotta stay focused, we gotta stay driven because we have a lot to discuss here, Adam Elder. We have our selections for the season awards our final selections this year i know we discussed this multiple times in episodes throughout the year but it's time that we finally lock it in i think i have probably two interesting takes two controversial semi-controversial takes um and then the other th- other three are pretty obvious um and pretty obvious pretty obvious yeah and then we're also going to be doing our uh all nba teams as well uh and our all defensive teams so it's going to be a big episode. Might as well just dive right in, right? Let's not fuck around. Yeah. So start off with awards. Everyone knows who the MVP this this year is. I'm sorry. I think I might be up like a little too high. Am I still turned up all the way? Okay. I just hear myself. How are we sounding? Okay, yeah. So what I'm trying to dig through here real quick is I remembered at the beginning of the season, I'm pretty sure we did, we did uh, awards predictions. Did we not? Yeah, we did a predictions. Um, And I think the only one that I definitively remember is the fact that you said that Jason Tatum, this was going to be Tatum's year Mm -hmm. that he was going to break out and be MVP. (laughs) Uh, God, how horrible that went. Whew. Not that horrible. I mean, his team's just bad, but I mean, he's had some pretty impressive performances this year. Yes, he's ju- he is on a bad team this year. And it's funny enough because, uh, I mean, Jalen Brown had a legitimate injury, but at the same time, it's just like he's ducking out right before the playoffs is about to happen, which might have been a shit show to begin with, you know? like Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a, just a timely exit from him. I'm not going to blame him, though. He did have wrist surgery. Yeah, it's difficult, but let's be honest. Everyone knows who the MVP is this year. It's Nikola Jokic. If you dispute that, you're honestly out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear the Steph talk. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, because how many people are coming out now? I mean, we just perhaps the most controversial player of the group is going to be LeBron James. 
comes out and says Steph Curry should be MVP of this league this year. I mean, Curry's had a special scoring season, no doubt about it, but his team is not good. Mm -mm. That Warriors team, I mean, I feel like, sure, they have won games to keep competitive here and there, and perhaps Andrew Wiggins might actually be a decent NBA player, but he still doesn't pass the eye test for me. There's something about him that just still isn't there. Even though he does shoot well from three these days, he is a decent defender. There's still something there when you watch him. You're just like, this guy, it's what if it's not all put together. It just sets up and LeBron's just feeding into this. What if this play-in tournament just sets up Curry to LA? Lakers crush him in this play-in game. Then they get crushed in the second one. They don't even make it to the playoffs. LeBron's sitting there buttering him up saying he's the MVP of the league. Stephen Curry demands a trade to LA in the offseason. Boom. It's over. Lakers in fucking four, regardless of who they face for the next two years. That's an NBA conspiracy theory of the highest order. I want it to happen. Honestly. That is the most. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like. Yes, I've seen a couple little things on Instagram here and there about it. I've seen some things here and there about Steph to LA. And I'm just like, this just can't happen. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. You know? It would be fucking wild if it did, though. It would be, but at the same time, you're just like, what's left? What's left? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> super teams. We're basically back to the 1940s level of, I mean, not really, but at the same time, when you got top six players in the league on two different teams, that's nuts. Yeah. It is. That's it, nuts. It'd be fucking, it'd be ignorant. <sighs> Steph Curry is probably going to finish second behind Jokic, though. Realistically. Yeah. I'd see him getting a lot more favor, definitely, than Dame. And a lot more favor than um, Embiid. Oh, yeah. Definitely more than Embiid. I feel like a lot of people just wrote off Embiid about that, the MVP, as soon as he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, he himself thought he was seriously injured as well. And he said it kind of took his gas away a little bit. Right. For being the MVP. I mean, I don't know. Embiid's still balling, though, since he's been back. He's been really, really good. He has. And he and the argument for him, actually, that he what his edge is his effect on the defensive end of the floor as well. So it's like he has that over That's the thing, Steph though. Curry and Nikola Jokic. That's the thing, though, is that I feel like the 76ers entire defensive reputation cannot be placed just on him because they have a lot of good defenders. Yes. And Embiid being part of that team just only makes them that much stronger. Well, and the fact that he doesn't slack off on defense still, even though, you know what I mean? Like with having that defensive presence around him, Ben Simmons and these other guys that can defend really well, like he could slack off a little bit, but this year he's not been slacking off. He's been just as good on defense I mean, near the, as good, nearly as good on defense that Ben Simmons has been. So it's like, remember that one time they both yeah, said that they Simmons should be... Yeah, Simmons has been special this year. He has, he has for sure. But Embiid, Embiid does have that edge on Nikola Jokic and Steph Curry, I guess, when, he, when he's throwing his name in the hat. Yeah. Um, but stats for Nikola Jokic for the season, 26.4 points per game, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Like... It's a fucking center, dude. Something, something was switched off in him this year. I don't know if it's just him getting that much more experience, but something happened. He was in, in better shape from the jump, too. Where, yep. 
maybe that's really what it is. He's just in better shape, and in the bubble, he could go the distance. Mm-hmm. And I think that woke him up to what him he's played being like in good every shape. game this season. Yep, fifty six percent from the field. Ridiculous for a center playing the whole fucking season. That's not a small sample size, sir. <laughs> that's the biggest fucking sample size you could get. And this man is shooting fifty six. Nearly 40% from three at 38%. 60% two-point efficiency. He's just, he's he's incredible. And his shooting is incredible as well. His outside shooting is honestly, I don't even want to say it. It's just, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. It really is. Most minutes played this season as well for a career high of 34 minutes. That's not that bad, though. 34 minutes. He's getting good time in, but at the same time, they're not dragging him out. Right. Know? But that's the thing. Like He's not even having to play 42 minutes of the game to put up those numbers. Yep. That's how fucking efficient it is. That's how efficient he is. <sighs> and just... everything is run through him. It just sucks, man, that Jamal Murray is out because this could be the team. Yeah. He's the clear MVP this year. As long as Jamal comes back healthy, bro, it's... They're that they're that they're that team again. Yep. They're that team again. Just can't. And he just ha- I mean, no, if he doesn't least. get MVP, I'm appalled. I um, mean, yeah, I would be appalled too. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about today? We're very critical on the Utah Jazz about what we call the swing, where they're just swinging the ball all over the court to look for the open three. Mm-hmm. The thing with a system like that is their most special passer is Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. The most successful passer out of that entire system is Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley's probably up there. I can't say that I watch too many Utah Jazz games, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like I have a current. We have a good gist of how they how they run it. You I mean, know, it's a lot of three pointers. Exactly. Yeah, and I just saw a stat today that said that they were the first. They're the first team in NBA history that's averaged ten three pointers made. Per game. They're also super reliant on Jordan Clarkson. And do we really trust that guy? Well, they're reliant on Clarkson. They're reliant on Ingles. They're reliant on Mitchell's Mitchell. Bogdanovich. Mitchell. Oh yeah. Mitchell. Definitely. But I feel like they tried to not be so reliant on Mike Conley because they were afraid of him being shitty forever because he was at the beginning of last season. They're he afraid was not of the, good. They're afraid of the, Isn't he the one that missed a shot? The buzzer beater. I yeah. Think. Yeah, that knocks him out. Well, that's not the reason they lost, but like, yeah, he missed it by like a quarter inch. It could have went in. Yeah. So wild. But it was that close because if he makes that and they win that game seven. It's a whole different narrative. It's a whole different narrative about Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. Entirely different. The Clippers, the the epic meltdown of the Clippers may not have happened at that point. Clippers may have been Utah. I think they were destined for it. And it just happened to be Denver, and it just happened to be that you don't situation. Think Cliff, you don't think the Clippers would just crush Utah? Because I think they would, low-key. I don't think Rudy Gobert knows what the fuck to do with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard when they're hot. Yeah. It definitely would be he, tough. And he can't even defend the perimeter that well. That's the thing. is, It seems like the Clippers have such a cold-bloodedness about them, especially to... like. 27 of the teams in the NBA. And I'd say those three teams are Dallas, Los Angeles, and Denver. Those are the three teams they're afraid of. Yeah. Respectfully so, I feel like. Oh, respectfully so, for sure. But those are also the three teams in the NBA I would say have the best chance to always beat the Clippers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lakers, 
at the top of that for sure, just because of the way that the two superstars of each team match up. But uh, we'll go ahead and keep moving this train forward. Uh, MVP for both of us is Nikola Jokic. That's not, I'm pretty sure, right? You have, very, yeah. yeah, very, very special player this year. Yeah, Insane to see what he's done. Incredible for a man of his size. That's just plain. And incredible in general, but it's just that added effect, the fact that this... This is a center doing this and putting these numbers up at this efficiency this is unreal. Um, go ahead with your defensive player of the year. We might share the same one here as well. I I shared this statement about almost two months ago. I feel like I've always thought that Ben Simmons was the defensive yep. player of the year this year because he can effectively what, defend one through five. Yep. He's got the size for it. He has the mobility. Knock on wood. 100,000. No, I'm not even going to say it for bad juju. He's never had a major injury that's taken away his lateral quickness. He's young. He has the defensive IQ that makes him just such a unique player. I think the more that we're going to... He's just like the most pure version of a point power forward that I've ever seen. I know I've said that multiple times, but the way this guy plays, he plays with the mind of a big, but on offense, he has a great passing mind as well. He just can't like, shoot. He just no. He just can't shoot. But it's like Chris Weberish. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like he's just like kind of built from that mold. But he just can't shoot. Even though his, I feel like his jumper looks good and fluid. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he does. He just doesn't want to shoot. But this guy is the defensive player of the year. Like you said, he can effectively guard one through five. One through five. Yeah, and he's. I'd say it's a pretty close race between Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, and himself for being the top three defenders in the league. I agree. How close do you think Bam is to being one of those? See, if I was ranking multiples, multiple people, I would probably have Bam at third this year. He did lock down Kyrie. I would have Bam at third this year. I would probably go, uh, Gobert would probably be second and then probably Bam at three this year. Jimmy just hasn't been healthy enough for me to be in the conversation. Kawhi Leonard is right there too, but I don't think he's played enough games in my opinion. Kawhi's been better about it this year, I think. And that's why a lot of, I feel like there's just no narrative about him anymore because he's been playing games. He hasn't been resting as much. I think Joel Embiid's right there too, though. That's what's crazy. Yeah, Joel Embiid Honestly, Joel, Joel Embiid, and Embiid might be there at three. Even though he missed oh, time. Best defender. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too because I don't know why. It's just the I don't want to rely on saying the eye test too much. But like watching Rudy Gobert defend and watching Embiid defend and watching Jokic defend is just three completely different stories. Right. Like these guys just impact the floor so much differently on defense. And B, like, I think it's just the fact that Gobert is just huge. Mm-hmm. Literally just a massive person. Yeah. It's- and and B looks a lot more proportioned, I guess, but he still gets blocks and like has no vertical. I feel like Gobert has more verticality than Embiid does. Mm-hmm. Embiid's very much on his feet. And I think that's part of the reason he is such a great defender. He doesn't yeah. fall for pump fakes. Yet somehow this guy gets everybody on every pump fake that he has from three. For some reason, people respect that shit all the time. And yep. he always gets these perfect looking up fakes. And his dream shake down low is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And he's but a way a- better dancer than Steph Curry, too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He actually looks pretty nice when he dances. He's yeah. nice with it. Yeah. 
Steph Wait Curry just looks like he's getting... Steph Curry lifted up his shirt the other day. I know. That was the weirdest sh- thing yeah. ever. Like, I was like, just, what is that about? Right? Like, all the way up to the nipples. Yeah. And I was like, what <laughs> the hell, dude? <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, this is just kind of weird. I was like, oh cool, bro. God. It's kind of like... like J.R. Smith just being shirtless all the time in the bubble is one thing. This man just like flashing the camera. <laughs> I don't know. It just got awkward. It was just like, what are you doing, bro? I know, right? I was just uh, like, chill. You're like, remember the entire ESPN banner? That entire game, it says winner gets eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Loser gets ninth seed. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, we're playing for the fringe here. And Steph Curry's out here showing off his nipples. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Good Calm for the you. fuck down. Yeah, good for you, Curry. If that's what gets you off, I don't give a fuck, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year. We'll keep <laughs> moving on here. Uh, six man of the year. I think mine's a little controversial. I'll let you go first. See, this is one that I did act not actively have a pick for. So let me have my Jeopardy moment on live TV here and pick my six man of the year. And I have to agree with your rhetoric that you brought up in the group chat. Six man of the year is hard because you can't just give it to the guy that comes off the bench and just scores 15 to 18 points per game. And it's just balling out. That's what happens though. That is always what happens. And that's why Lou Williams has won it so many times. Mm -hmm. How many times has he won? Three, I think three or four, Mm. but it's just hard to say because one, who even is the sixth man for most NBA teams? The leading, usually a high level score. Yeah. You just mean like name some names? It's just like, it's just basically... Trez. Trez is a sixth man for the Lakers at this point because he's not getting the start. But Dennis do I think he's, a was the best He was the runner-up to Schroeder last year for sixth man of the year. Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles gets talked about a lot. My pick has been mentioned a few times. Ingles is, I think, like a seven or an eight guy, though. No, he's a starter. They start Ingles. Yeah, but a lot of people have been putting him over uh, Clarkson for a six man. A lot of of nerds. Clarkson was balling out early in the season, but I feel like he's kind of quieted down. It's quieted down, and I I, I just think it's dumb that that's what we give this award to. I'm not saying that you can't give it to a guy like that, but I think there should be more in consideration just to open up the opportunity for some different guys to get it rather than just a guy who scores the most off the bench. I think what it really should be is the, who impacts winning the most off of the bench. Right. Gets if rebounds that's and steals. Through scoring strictly, fine. But I just don't like the way it's really picked. Yeah. No, I but agree with that. Rebounds, assists, all that. Blocks. Blocks. And just generally impacts winning. And then passes the eye test too for that. Like things that yeah. they're doing off ball and you just tell their energy is different. Exactly. Rather than Clarkson, who's just putting up fucking threes. Yep. Just right. has the green light to go out and be Quinn Snyder's freaking puppet piece to shoot threes. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, it's Jordan Clarkson. It's not like you're out there running Mitchell to death. You let Mitchell do his own thing, but Jordan Clarkson, you tell him just to shoot. Right. Like, uh, it's just funny. I'm going to back up my pick with stats too. So, I want to hear um, your pick first. You really do? Yeah. Because I'm secure, honestly, in it. And the more that we talk about it, it's Derek Rose. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. And I'm going to hit you with why. Okay. Let's just see. For the season right now, 14 points, two rebounds, four assists. All right. I want you to see the uh, 
the disparity between his stats in Detroit versus New York. All right. For one thing, he was playing about 23 minutes in Detroit. He upped that to 26. His field goal percentage went from 42% to 48. Ooh. His three-point percentage went from 33 to 41. No. His two-point percentage went from 45 to 50. And his effective went from 46 to 53. Whoa. If that's not improvement and stepping up and... Yeah, free throw went from... 84 to 88. No way. Improved across the fucking board, dude. Defensive rebounds went from one to two. True rebounds went from one to three. Assists stayed the same. Like, bro, the dude just improved in general. He went from basically 13 points a game to 15 points a game nearly. Like, I'm kind of rounding But with those shooting percentages, he's coming in and he's working. Exactly. And look at where they are, bro. They're just playing hard as fuck. He's a huge part of that team. He's a veteran presence on that team. He's Tom Thibodeau's guy. Favorite player in the NBA. Yeah. And I'm sure he probably starts sometimes, too. I'm not... Jimmy. Huh? Jimmy's Tom Thibodeau's favorite. Oh, well, yeah. Jimmy's definitely. He's one of of Thibodeau's favorite. Uh, He's definitely Thibodeau's go-to, I feel like. You know that Thibodeau is showing up outside of Jimmy's Miami condo right outside the glass door, and he just has his hand on the window <laughs> yeah. over the summertime. <laughs> like, Jimmy, come back to me, please. I, don't know, I bet Jimmy loves York. playing for Spo, dude. You could be the king of New York. Jimmy yeah. loves playing for Spo too much to leave Miami. I think Jimmy retires. A- Why don't people talk about Eric Spolstra being the heir to Greg Popovich? Spo- I think he's just as proven, honestly, in my opinion. Just as proven as Pop? Yep. He's got two rings. Consistently gets consistently to the gets that he had a. I feel like he solidified it because you're like okay his playing defense is always always going to work in the NBA. That's one thing you know what I mean. Offensive offensive styles change every 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Playing defense will always be important. Yep, it's always going to be important. It it's all, like it's always important in the playoffs. I feel like it's not number one, but it's one point five. I think in the playoffs it's. It's like a 1A, 1B type situation. There's not a 1 and 2. It's like 1A, 1B, and you can flip-flop the importance of them. You could put offensive in one offense in 1A, you could put defense in 1B, or vice versa, and I don't think you'd really be wrong. So like what you're saying, like a 1.5 type of situation. Anyway, we'll talk about coaching here in a minute with the coach of the year, bro. Uh, Sixth man for me is Derek of the Rose. I think the numbers speak for itself. I think the eye test speaks for itself. I think the fact that the New York Knicks are the four seed is incredible. And I think he's had a huge part of that. So boom, I think it, I, I'm, I was kind of worried about that pick when I first picked it. I but, wouldn't be worried about that at all. That I feel like that's actually a really solid pick. And what, that's what I was searching for because you know that Derrick Rose is fitting into that system perfectly. He's played it his whole life, basically, to up until this point, you know? Because mm-hmm. he went to Minnesota, where Thibodeau was, too. And now he's just putting in the work, and it's really... I just... I love to hear that his field goal percentage has basically gone up across the board. Yeah, That's dude, crazy to me. Whole entire stat line improved. I just love that, because it just means that he's coming in and he's affecting winning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... We said on our last past podcast, the Knicks are the bet, worst best team in the NBA. Yep. They're the worst best team. Yep. But to get to that level even is still, it's difficult. You know what I mean? It's damn impressive. Exactly. Because like, 
Look at who's look at who's ahead of them right now. They're knocking on the doors of they're arguably elite teams. They're the four seed. They're knocking on the door at the Eastern Conference of the top three teams. Now there is a there's a decent gap between them and uh, Milwaukee. There is a decent gap and games. It's like a, it's like a ten game series. gap. But honestly, bro, like they're knocking on that door. They are. Get a superstar there, and it gets real interesting. Uh, go ahead and hit me with your sixth man, though. I'm just going to have to ascribe to that. Derrick Rose. Really? Yeah, I'll ascribe to it. I'll put in my vote for Derrick Rose right here. Because you were kind of wishy-washy on what you had? Or you didn't yeah, really because have I really wasn't 100% sure who I really even wanted. You yeah. Know? So I just convinced you right there. Exactly. That was worthy of it. There it is. I'm trying to see what the... Uh, Playoff schedule is here. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to MIP, though, in the time being. Um, my most improved player of the year is Michael Porter Jr. That's a good pick. Um, I do agree with that because he really has stepped it up in scoring this year. He kind of He's showing that his shooting and his uh, slashing and driving ability is not a fluke. Mm-hmm. He can actually shoot the ball and he is quite good at it. Because and I think we witnessed it happen during the season too. And that's why I have it there for me. Cause the eye test is there. Cause yep. like at the start of the season, he was making a lot of dumb plays. He wasn't playing that smart. He wasn't looking that good. Right now. And now he's focused and he's playing hard. Yep. And I think that the nuggets just made the best possible move in getting Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. That's like, See, that's the kind of player that you should think about when you think of six man of the year. The guy that comes in and just works. And that's what Aaron Gordon is doing so far for them. And that's why he he's taken them to the next level almost. I mean, they were already pretty much there at that level, but it's like this solidified that step. Not without Jamal, though. No, not without Jamal. Definitely not. But it's just like this team is so well put together. They're gonna, they're ready. They are ready. Yeah, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is a big part of that as well. I mean, for them to succeed, he is going to have to be on his shit. 100%. He's number two. He's number two for them in the playoffs, so he's got to be ready. You're right. But just to see his improvement here, um, and granted, it was a small sample size last year, uh, but his field goal percentage went from 50 to 54. His three-point percentage went from, from 42 to 45. His two-point percentage went from 56 to 62, and his effective went from 59 to 64. Damn. And they went on a fucking run, and they continued to go on a run, even without Jamal Murray. Also, something that's really interesting about uh, them losing to uh, Portland the other night is that like, they intentionally... Uh, Duck the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Now yep. they play Portland. Yep. And Nikola Jokic came out after like the first like half or something or first quarter. They ducked the Clippers, bro. And they're going to come out and they didn't show Portland anything. But yeah, uh, Michael Porter Jr. for me is the uh, most improved there. Um, I think the stats speak for it. I think the eye test speaks for it. He's definitely impressed me this year. And I think the number one thing about him almost is just the fact that he has such a great shooting confidence. Mm-hmm. He's willing to go 0 for 12 <laughs> from three. And we've seen it from him two times this year. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he has that much of a green light though. Especially now. 
Now, I'm surprised to hear, I feel like the safest, most improved player pick this year has been Julius Randle. He's the number one most approved player. Oh, yeah. every I mean, everyone's saying Julius Randle. Well, I mean, they deserve it. He deserves it, though, because he's taken the Knicks from a 10 to 13 seed up to the four seed. Right. Granted, the team around him is better than it has been in years, but he's definitely the driving force. This guy's balling out. You know what I mean? He's has to be close to like 27 points per game or something, right? Yeah, let's look it up really quick. I got you. Maybe not that high. Maybe like 20 to 23. You might be like at 23. This is what we need Mitch for. Mitch, yep. If you're out there. Oh, he'll hear this. As soon as it's dropped, he'll download it and listen to it. And he's going to realize that he needs to just come be our basketball reference, literally. Shout out to Mitch. Mitch is a father now. Yep, shouts out to Mitch. Well, not yet, but shouts out to Mitch. Preemptive stages. Uh, Yeah, so Julius Randle this year, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, he is shooting 45% from the field, 41 from three, 47 from two, and 51 effective. Not bad. Last year, he was shooting 27% from three. He got all the way to 41. Free throw went from 73 to 81. Damn. He just really worked on his shot then. From 19 points to 24. He definitely worked on his shot. 19 points to 24 points. And he went from 32 minutes to 37 minutes played. Nice. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, honestly. I mean, you can't sit here and say that that's not really good improvement. And his edge over Michael Porter is the fact that it's like the New York Knicks. And he took them to a four seed and they don't have near the talent that the Denver Nuggets does. No, definitely not. So, I would say so. Yeah, they definitely don't. So that's a solid pick. But yeah, he's not my pick though. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, that's I thought the he, thing. Oh, okay. He's the, I, he's the safe pick for most improved player. And I mean, everything we just ran down there is the reason why. He really is. I would say he's probably the strongest contemporary candidate. Mm-hmm. But man, I got to go with Jalen Brown. This guy has stepped it up this year. Big time. Jesus. I have been on record saying that Jalen Brown, yes, is one of my favorite players. So there might be a little bias here, but I kid you not, man. Jalen has stepped it up big time. And the reason is his ball handling really took the next step. His jump shot has always looked good to me. And this year he's really got it working. But this guy passes the one of the eye tests for me. Possibly like the most impressive eye test in the NBA. I mean, besides like LeBron and Anthony Davis, but like, you know what I mean? For a player of his caliber, he looks the best to me. For younger shooting guards that are still trying to find their way, like him, Mitchell, I think he's the most complete. Booker, you think he's better than Booker? I think he is. Oh, I think I put him in a different class than Booker. I don't think he's better than Booker. I think Booker's better. You think he's better than Mitchell? I don't know if you could argue that. That'd be a tough argue considering the Jazz are the one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. And, and Phoenix is Mitchell. the two seed. Do I think he's better than Zach Levine? Yes. In terms of being a more well-rounded player? Yes. Yeah. 
So you're saying if you were rating the one through five, it would be Mitchell Booker. Oh, I mean, Beal's before Beal. Zach Levine oh, yeah, Beal, and definitely. but uh, no, Beal's older. I'm not his shitting on your argument that much. I'm just saying that. I don't no, I know he, what you mean though. He looks very good though. Jalen Brown is ice cold in the clutch too. Yeah, he is straight unwavered when it comes down to those big shots. Right, and that's one of the best things going for the the Celtics. Honestly, is that him and Tatum both have that DNA. Right, they both well, look unshaken. Now he's out though. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, is like I think this season was a wash, anyways. They're terrible. They're. I feel like we're seeing the end of the Kemba Walker experiment. I feel like Tristan Thompson's probably going to get offloaded to the Lakers. No. You don't think so? No, they don't want anything to do with that. Because Marcus Saul's probably going to retire after this season, especially if they win a chip. Yeah, if they, if they win a chip, he's out for sure. Yeah, I agree. But. Yeah, Gasol could retire. That leaves an open center spot. Do you really think the Lakers are going to want to hold on to Andre Drummond? He hasn't looked I, I that I think Andre impressive. Drummond is going to go to Toronto. Toronto? That would be perfect. Toronto or Dallas. But anyway, uh, I like your pick of Jalen Brown. I get it. It's kind of a homer pick, but I like it. It is because... One, his his scoring has taken the next step, but also his ball handling has taken the next step as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that Jalen couldn't legitimately dribble when he first. I mean, you're in the NBA, you can dribble. Right. He had at least a passable dribbling skill, but now he's actually able to initiate plays and be a playmaker th- because of it. Yeah, and he he was a big part of their system this year too. And see, we always tried to break down where the arguments began with the Kyrie situation in Boston. I think that him and Jalen Brown were cool. But I feel like they probably had a competitive work ethic against each other. And that's why they kind of ended up calling each other out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because I would say that Jalen's actually learned from Kyrie and the way that he's able to finish in the mid range now. Yep. Like they have a lot, like we were just talking before this, like about how Kobe is just, or uh, Kyrie is the most like Kobe, especially these days, especially how his game is with all the mid range fans. In terms of this game. And, Brown can really hit the face up mid range really well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, I feel like you automatically just get a Kobe comparison for that because that's a tough shot. One of the toughest shots you can take. Right. But I don't know. It just, he's obviously in a different class from those players. But this year, I feel like with him, I'm pretty sure he's up to about 24 points per game. So he's climbing the ladder. He's been around like 16 to 18. To he is. I have his stats pulled up. He's lower at, a little bit. He went from 20 points to 24 points. Yeah. He took a good step. The rest year. of his stats only marginally went up though. We're talking like one to two percentage points. Very marginally. What was his three point percentage increase? His three point percentage increase was... Sorry. My phone fucked up for a second. It went from... 38 to 39. That's a damn solid though on how many attempts. He went from six to seven. That's solid though. Like he's not just letting them fly. Like you look up the three point percentages for this year and Curry is at 12, 12 attempts per game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's good. It's good efficiency. It just didn't go. It just didn't increase that much. The biggest thing is just like, I feel like for him is the eye test because he actually started getting playing time, real playing time, and he and he clearly affected the games that they did well in. Yep. So I guess eye test is a heavy argument for him. 
Um, he looks very, very good, though. Yes, he looks very good. And that's good. why it's like, I don't know. I think that maybe Booker has two more, two steps at most on Brown. Brown's just got the playoff experience. That's true. Brown has that over Devin Booker. Big time. And that was the thing that you said about Booker. He doesn't have scars. He's got no scars. Mm-hmm. He has no playoff This lumps. is a good chance for him to get. I feel like this is a good chance for him to get a real scar because imagine learn. if the Suns make it to the Western Conference Finals and just get gunned by the yeah, Lakers. It's going to be a good learning lesson for him just in general, regardless. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up awards though so we can get to all NBA. Um, for me, Coach of the Year is almost as unanimous as MVP is or should be. I don't know who you picked, but I had Tom Thibodeau. I didn't have a pick for this one either, sadly. I think I think that Thibodeau is the obvious pick just because of where New York's at. To take that team that doesn't have an extreme amount of talent, but for all of those players to completely buy into the system that this guy is running and to lock in on defense That's and just lock in on I the think. identity. I mean, good Lord, dude. That's impressive as fuck. Yeah. I agree. And I don't know if it's lightning in a bottle for the Knicks this year because they're just such an on their toes playing team. They're constantly grinding out on defense. They kind of play a bit of a slow pace of offense. Granted, they do have capable three-point shooters, capable drivers, and capable post-up players. At, so scores at every level. And that's going to obviously lead you to success in the NBA is when you, you're not limiting yourself. Right. I mean, unless you're running the Dallas Mavericks where shots at the rim and threes... <laughs> I mean, pretty much every team is trending towards that. But I mean, you know what I mean? They can score at all three levels, especially Randall. Randall has shown that his possibly one of his strongest moves is him spinning and shooting the mid-range fadeaway from the left right side. They're almost like a Miami type team without a superstar like Jimmy. That's what I was saying, though, dude. They're two players away. Yeah. One guard and small forward. From and the so I think shit. it is a little bit of lightning in the bottle, kind of like Miami last year was lightning in the bottle in the bubble in the sense that they're a really solid team. But right now the Knicks are like the worst, best team. Yeah, like exactly. They there's a solid core there, but it is a little bit of lightning in the bottle. It's a little bit early for them, but Hey, good for them. They made the fucking four seed in a weird ass year. Yeah, definitely. Especially in a year when the East has actually been pretty competitive. Yeah. There's some pretty damn good teams in the East. There's some solid talent in the East. I mean, one through four in the East are all great teams. And then you're looking at number, is Miami number six now? Or are they in the play-in? No, Miami clinched the six. They made it out of the play-in because they destroyed really? Boston. Yeah, they destroyed Boston for two Oh, games. yeah, that's right. That's so, right. yeah, they clinched the six. So, they get to face the Bucks in the first round. Also, they threw... They want that, though. They threw the f- game against Milwaukee as well. Completely threw it. Like, they didn't play any of their like guys hardly limited bams minutes they threw out bielitsa as a starter which he doesn't normally start for them so it's like they weren't showing milwaukee a goddamn thing damn <laughs> they they're playing it that close to the chest yep because you know they're gonna you, you know they they wanted that first round matchup honestly yep, yep. they want that first round match because they know they can beat Giannis. yeah and you know why Eric Spolstra. Knows how to guard him. Oh, bam. Knows how to set the defense against him. Bam does. 
Bam does, but Eric Spolstra knows how to set the defense oh, up yeah. to stop next level slashers. Yep. LeBron James. Yep. He can do it, bro. He's going to coach this team to a victory over them. I hope I pray to God, but uh, we'll go. If you do you agree with Tom Thibodeau though, there's other names, Quinn Snyder. Uh, who else? Um, you know what, who I actually would pick as coach of the year, Monty Williams. Monty Williams is another one. I think uh, Ty Lue could throw his name in a hat as well. Yeah, Ty Lue could be there too. I don't know. I feel like Ty Lue's just kind of doing his job though at the same time because he has freaking... He has so much talent. Yeah, he just has all the talent in the world to be spacing the floor with and he's doing it effectively. So like, you know... Does Frank nice. Vogel have an argument for like fourth, third or fourth on the list just because he kept them above 500 without Davis and LeBron? I would as say a number, so because... As a, as a top level defense the yeah, whole time too. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is because There's, they stayed above a top five ranked defense the entire stretch. A lot of the time, number one. That's just crazy. Yeah, he was just... He was making sure guys were still checking in on defense. Which is impressive. I'm not saying he's a coach the of the year by any means. The offense was rough. The offense was rough and bordering on very bad. Right. But the defense was always there. Yeah. That's what kept them in games, especially against like the Clippers. Granted, I don't think they, how many times they match up the Clippers? In this the Clippers part of the season? smoked them this year, though. They did, but it was always like the Without third Davis quarter and on. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. I know. Without, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's in the mix for sure. I make my argument for Monty because Monty's always been an assistant coach in the past. And I feel mm. like I've just always kind of thought he was a good coach. I mean, he's a good, I'm not going to say his exact style, but I feel like he's really done well in creating design sets for this Phoenix Suns team that they've really needed. Mm. And I feel like them getting um, Booker more streamlined into running being the off guard because yes, Booker has the skills to be a point guard and he could run an offense, but he's being utilized perfectly. And that's by him running off of mid range screens and getting the ball in isolation from Chris Paul and not having the, to worry about bringing the ball up every time because you got fucking Chris Paul on your team. Who's going to initiate the offense. Right. So he just has the free reign. He has the longest leash. He has the free reign to go out and get what he wants this guy, there's a lot of Kobe in his mid-range too. Obviously, I mean, I feel like that's always been the comparison. That's right. who he grew up watching. So, I mean, Monty Williams has just been able to really effectively use him. And having Chris Paul, yeah, that's a legitimate advantage. And always makes regular season teams better. I think that DeAndre Ayton probably deserves a little bit more respect than he's getting right now because he's really taken a step and a half on defense. And that's really good to see because he can extend out to the the perimeter with his defense. He's actually been super like solid and being able to move his feet and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they have Jay Crowder and they have one of the most freakish looking players in the NBA. I'm sorry, Mikhail, but your arms just scare me because of how <laughs> like freaking long they are. Mikhail Bridges. He does. He has ridiculous arms and like, when he shoots the basketball too, it's, it, you can tell how much it affects it. Right. Because it's like his elbow is pointing down, but yet his arm still goes all the way across his face. Yeah. His arms are that long. And it's like, no wonder he's such an amazing defensive player too, because wingspan, like defense is mostly about wingspan and being able to stay in front of your guy. It's probably about 50-50 for that. Right. So, I mean, he has a legitimate advantage that he's always taking. The Suns have a chance. They have a chance this playoffs. 
I haven't been too convinced of their legitimate chances, though, because the most recent game, I watched a, their game against the Lakers a little bit, but they were just getting smoked by the Lakers. Davis was absolutely going off. So what were they going to do anyways? You know, right. And that's what is a big downfall for them. I feel like they don't have a power forward size player. They're a small team. Yeah, they're a pretty small team. Very small. And I mean, they're not running pocket rocket sizes, but at the same time, like oh, who plays backup center for them? Oh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember his name. I can't think of it either. Just look at the Phoenix Suns here real quick. But the thing I was going to say, though, is that me watching them against the Blazers, I watched most of that game against the Blazers. Mm -hmm. They run a lot, and I mean a lot of very particular sets on offense. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to get schemed the hell out of, especially on defense. Like you were saying, they didn't show the the Heat didn't show the Bucks anything. Right. Well, they pretty much showed it all because I mean, either their playbook is 60 plays deep of just offensive schemes and sets that they're saving. Mm. But I don't know. It's just like uh I think it's called the Spain pick and roll, where both the power forward and the center stand at the elbow and both elbows and set screens for you know, like mid-range handoffs and stuff, uh, okay. which is what's going to be perfect for Booker. They run that kind of set a lot. And I feel like... It what are you going to do when it's Davis there, right there in the mid-range yeah. garden? Yeah. Switching off onto you. Well, you got, you're looking down Drummond, Davis, and Markeith Morris. Yeah. All kinds of length. Or Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah. LeBron fucking James. Yeah. What are you going to do when it's those guys in your face? Yeah. So that's when Monty Williams' uh, coaching IQ will really be tested then. I hope it is too, because Monty's had his chances and he's been fired before. Right. So, I mean, like, I just, I'm glad to see him get success this year because I feel like I've always thought he was a good coach and especially a good, just players coach. Right. And yeah, that's just how I feel about the Suns. Like they just, I don't know. They're, they're an interesting team. They really are. And I mean, running plays in basketball is important, but I think a lot of the times and you see it in the playoffs every year, it comes down to who can make the shot off the fly. You and there's I mean? a lot Who's of free flowing stuff. Shot? Right. Who can like get theirs and it doesn't matter what kind of plays you're running, except for maybe a pick and roll or just clearing everybody out. Or just like huge play and shot creation in the moment and the yeah. heat of the moment when you have nothing else left to run and you just have to make something out of thin air. Yep. And your team still comes together to do that. Um, let's go ahead and move on to all NBA. And I do want to preface this by saying with my picks, I didn't necessarily adhere to the fact that you always have like, you know, a certain amount of guards, a certain amount of forwards and centers. Like I kind of ignored the whole position thing. I think honestly, the NBA should switch it to a positionless uh, system for all NBA. They and will. The Zach Lowe years. also talked about this. It sucks that like, all NBA selections hinge on people's contracts because there's stipulations and contracts on if you reach all NBA and your second or third or fourth year, just whatever it stipulation could be that you get paid more and you're eligible for more money from your team. Like there's Jason Tatum's one. I think his first team all NBA selection hinges on or like more money hinges on that. If he is to get selected it. or not. 
Uh, so there's other guys that are like that too. And Zach Lowe is just detailing how that really does suck as someone who has a vote for all NBA because you're like, oh, I'm fucking with these guys' money. Yeah. It's really interesting. That is crazy. Interesting aspect of it. But I but just not think, like a huge percentage of it though. Usually it's only about one or two million dollars. Oh, yeah, they're still making big money regardless. Oh, yeah. But like it's it is it is kind of a weird thing. But that extra slice though. Oh, definitely nice. That extra yeah. slice is nice. Yeah, you know it is. Right. But yeah, I ignored positions, honestly, for the most part. Um, also, I don't really have, I don't feel like I need to get too detailed about my choices as well. Uh, just because I don't want this podcast to be too long-winded. But I think my picks kind of speak for themselves in terms of, I guess, these are the guys that I think truly affected winning the most for their teams this year in the most entertaining way possible. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. That's kind of how I go through this from an offensive standpoint of all NBA and a defensive standpoint for all defense. So I guess we could just start. I'll just go ahead and list my whole first team all NBA. Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. Giannis on the first team. Yes, sir. I think you'd be, I oh, think we'd be Luka being Don- too hard on Giannis to not put him on the first team. Damn, somebody even like you is saying that because we'd be being too hard on him. Don't get me wrong. I'm very critical of this guy. I'm the first, I'm the first to criticize this guy. But, but you'd be too. So him. it was Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Giannis, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid, first team. Who do you got? James Harden. Okay. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Kawhi Leonard. Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic. Go through that Come one on, more time. Come on, let's argue. Let's argue. We gotta, <laughs> Go through that one more time. Don't get too long-winded, whatever. We're arguing this. Go through that one court. more time. James Harden. Jimmy Butler. Kawhi Leonard. Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic. Are your first team NBA selections for me. And this is why. The best... I don't like James Harden. The best... Re- no, dude. The best record that a team has had in a stretch with one player this season has been a 35-game stretch for the Brooklyn Nets where James Harden led them to a 28-7 and record I as a point guard. I can't put him in my first team just because of what he did. 28-7. and Just because of what he did he at the start of the season. Nuts this year, man. Him as a point guard is going to be the renaissance of his own career. He's moving away from the extreme score, and now he's just the point guard, James Harden. And he deserves first team all NBA this year. He only has played, he's played a very a less amount of games. And let me bring it up here. And I feel like that's the biggest, that's the biggest uh downfall of my argument is the fact that he has not played as many games as other players on this list. Let's see here. Yeah, he's played in 36 games. But in those 36, 36 games, 28 and 7. When he's <laughs> 35, or the 35 games he's played, 28 and 7. Damn. They were thriving. That's crazy. Just, I mean, just think about it, though. Like, you say that these are the guys that have affected winning the most efficiently in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. James Harden is affecting winning in the most positive way for what could be 
one of the best teams we've ever seen in NBA history. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand putting him there, but how he handled the Houston Rockets situation cannot, I, he just can't be in the first team for me for, for that reason. Exactly. And that's I, my biggest gripe. Yeah. I'm not mad that you have Kawhi in the first team over Giannis. I'm assuming. Yeah. Because yeah, Basically. it is Kawhi over Giannis. Well, sort of, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there, but well, I'm ready to get there. I mean, yeah, Kawhi over Giannis, but it's also, like you said, positionless. I feel like my next team is definitely positionless. My next team gets pretty fucking positionless because right? I have a bu- I have basically all forwards on here. Oh, so, okay. except for Dame Lillard and James Harden are my first two on second team. And then it goes Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and LeBron James. And I know LeBron missed time, uh, but he is LeBron James, and he is... Fucking awesome. And Not he was awesome year. before he went down and they were a top seed before he went down and he still came back for a couple of games and tore it up. He's LeBron James. He deserves second all team, all NBA. Baby it doesn't third. matter. I, I can understand bumping him to list. third for what? I do not have LeBron James on this list. That's fine. I could understand bumping him to third, but, but I just put him on second just because I'm I don't on, have Anthony Davis either. Oh, I don't have Anthony Davis at all on the list. Because Anthony Davis really didn't even look good at the start of the season either. No, he looked he looked. LeBron James, however, stale. looked very good. Yeah. I don't know. The more I look at my first team, I think that's a pretty strong candidate. My whole entire teams have changed as we've been talking, though, bro. <laughs> I want you to know that. As we've been talking, like, the shit has changed. <laughs> I'm sitting here fucking flipping shit around nonstop. It's All right, I'm going to read my second team then. All right. Now, this is... I feel like I was really leaning to... I made a list before this. And my first team looked a lot different. Mm -hmm. Curry, Beal, Tatum, Randall, Giannis. Second team. Curry and Beal have obviously been jousting back and forth for the scoring title, which Curry eventually won. Bradley Beal, obviously, because he's been dropping just ridiculous pieces all over the place. We're talking 40s, 50s, 60s. My God, this guy has been spazzing this year, undoubtedly. And it's crazy. Tatum. Tatum had, had a weird year. Tatum had a murky year because there was, he started off the season strong, remember? Because he beat the Bucks mm-hmm. on that bank shot. So he started off the season hot, really looked great, but he's kind of just not coasted. But he's been shooting a lot of threes, and it kind of worries. He's he's relying too much on that fucking sidestep three. Yep, and he's not playing hard defense at all. He just isn't playing hard defense. I don't think anybody in the Celtics is playing hard defense. To be quite honest with you, it's bad. It does not look good. No, they're not even fucking attempting to play defense. It's really bad. It kind of it kind of makes me look at Tatum in a negative light. That's that's what I'm saying too. But I feel like he still deserves. Second team. You haven't said Dame yet, have you? Okay, yeah, I know where I'm putting Dame. I got Dame. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, I have not, though. How is Dame not in your second Come team? Come on, man. The Blazers are fucking sucked this year, and it's pissed me off. They and- fucking ended up escaping the playing tournament. Yeah, but at the same team. time, Jesus Christ, they should have been like the four seed. I don't know, man. It's Dame, not Dame's fault. Oh, I don't Dame's know, a clear dude. second team oh all, BM, all NBA choice for me You're just right. because. Shit. So go through yours one more time. Second team. 
Curry, Beal, Tatum, Randall, Giannis. Okay, so Beal comes out and Dame comes in right there. I, Come on, logically. I'm putting in Dame over Curry then. Over Curry. And you're keeping Beal over Curry? Yeah. That, now nah, that's a tougher argument to make. What does Steph Curry do for me this year, though? Except for piss us off. Yeah, exactly. So why wouldn't I not kick that fucking guy? Okay. Out? I don't even like That's Bradley fair. Beal that much, but I like him more than Steph. That's fair. But I'm just saying, as a fucking Blazer stand, you got to have Dame second team All NBA. Fine, we'll kick out Curry then. We'll kick out Curry. That's fine. I'll resolve my life as a Curry hater forever, and I'll ignore the stats, even though he's been magnificent this season. But do you think that him having this kind of season and them not winning takes a little bit of the weight out of that 15-16 season that he had because he still played the same role and was still scoring that much? And I feel like people thought that that really was the key to winning that many basketball games. Maybe it was that season. Yeah, but the fact that he was able to play with other talented players and every in the system to work is a testament to how valuable he is too. Not yeah. just to the fact that now he's playing with a bunch of shitty people and they're still shitty. It's a lot to ask that guy carry a team that's that shitty, regardless True. of who you are. Yeah. That's a shitty fucking basketball team. So what they have done is actually slightly bad impressive. Shooting guard depth. Bad shooting guard and, and bad defense. And and bad even though there's this argument that depth. they're a good defensive team, yeah, there's no forward depth. Or center depth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. But yeah. Fuck Curry, honestly. Uh, I had him on my first team just because of how crazy he's been. Honestly, I put him in my first team because of just how ridiculous his scoring's been. Because it is ridiculous. But at the same time, though, I just I think about that and I'm like, should he be in over Dame? I strongly feel like I think the I fact that he dragged his Warriors team. team to the eighth seed is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. That's why I picked him for the second team. And plus, his scoring ability has just been ridiculous. <laughs> but now you just ridiculous. went ahead and bumped him off for Dame. I don't know, though. I feel like you got to bump off Beal, bro, because like... Yeah. Curry dragged the Warriors to the eighth seed. Beal had Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> West, Russ's success has been vital for the Wizards. Vital. I'll tell you right now, Beal's not on my third team either. Damn. Okay. I'll go ahead and hit my second team one more time. Dame Lillard, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Paul George. Third team, though, I got Russell Westbrook. I go positionless here, too. Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum. My third team, All-NBA. Russell Westbrook, Devin Booker. Chris Paul, Julius Randle, okay. Jason Tatum. So and that like one is especially... Guards. Yeah. yeah, I got two shooting guards. Like or they're two on point their, guards. Two, yeah, two Russ point guards. Paul. Yeah, Russ and Paul is two point guards. But Chris Paul and Devin Booker, their choices are like really hinging on the fact that they've affected winning to such a high degree and they've been so clutch. Yeah. And that's why I think they're, if we're going, if I'm picking from that point of view, like that's why they're there. This is my third team. Now, this was before any cut. Okay, so basically, yeah, I'm kicking off Beal and putting in Dame then for my second team. Mm -hmm. So my third team. Russell Westbrook, Jalen Brown. Okay, I knew that was going to happen. Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. I would love to have Kyrie and KD on one of these teams, but I, for me, they haven't played enough, which is ridiculous Kyrie's that I just said LeBron games. James on Yeah, there. true, but Kyrie's played 52 games. That's enough for me. He's, that means he's missed 20 games this season. 
And that's up there with Jimmy. I have Jimmy on my first team and Jimmy's played like 52 games as well. I guess if I had to knock someone off, it would probably be... Fuck. And Harden's Westbrook. played 45. Westbrook. I guess I'd, I'd have to no, knock off Westbrook no, 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 for no, no. Kyrie. I can't, I can't knock off. If I'm yeah, favoring anybody Brooklyn this have been better. season, if I'm favoring anybody this season, it's Russ over Kyrie because Russ has affected winning more for the Wizards and Kyrie is just... Then I guess maybe Chris Paul comes off. He's the first man off. up, right? I would put, yeah, I would put Kyrie over Chris Paul. But at the same time, I could also put Bradley Beal over Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's probably the most removable player on this entire list that I have. Yeah, I think there's a bigger argument for Beal over Brown. And that means I also have Brown over Booker and Brown over Mitchell. Right. I don't have Mitchell on this list at all. I almost had Mitchell on the on this list, but... That's I, why this was tough, man. It That's is tough. This was tough. Because I knew going into this, I'm like, Russ has to be third team. He's third all time in triple or first all time in triple doubles now. It's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He's affecting winning for the Wizards in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. The whole reason that they've been on this hot streak is that he's taken over the team basically and has been healthy. Mm-hmm. So he's been able to actually, you know, cut to the rim and finish with athleticism, which is his absolute best skill. Right. And Kyrie had to be on here for me too, somewhere. I felt like second team was pushing it because he has only played 52 games. Right. Third team is perfect for him. And I feel like it's undeniable to have him on a team because his scoring ability is absolutely insane. It really is. And Paul George had to be on here. As much as we always hated on Paul George, he was shooting like 48% from three at one point this season. (laughs) He was shooting like 50 and 50. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Just ignorant. And Rudy Gobert... We talked about we talk about his defensive ability being overrated, but he's undoubtedly an enforcer. Yeah. This guy's undoubtedly a defensive force. Yeah. And there's a reason like he gets schemed against and schemed on. You either attack him or you stay completely away from him. You know? True. You don't just let him work within the defense. And you're not trying to get in there up in his face. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be either. My God, could you imagine him showing up to Land Rico? He'd be he'd block every jump shot. Everybody. <laughs> So he was a lock for me on here. Yeah. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Removable. Bradley Beal is also removable. I feel like that's the only like Dame should definitely should be on my team. I don't know how I forgot about him. Well, we'll move on to all defense now. Oh, all defense now. I only have first speaking of, three teams. Sp- speaking of Rudy Gobert. Uh, Let's see this all defense team. Yeah, speaking of Rudy Gobert, obvious first team all defense. Uh, then I got Giannis, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Kawhi Leonard. Filthy. Don't you agree? I mean, that's a solid first you team. You put Jimmy defense. in there, right, though? He's not on my first team. I have Giannis, Ben Simmons, Bam? Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gobert. I'll get to that. Second team, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, Ooh. Paul George, Bam Adebayo, Miles Turner. I like that. I like it. Second team. Paul George. How good of a defender has he been this year? Pretty good. Yeah. I feel like Paul George's baseline is a good defender. Yeah. Pretty good. So I mean, yeah, he's up there. Bam solid. Jimmy's a tough argument just because of games played, minutes played, all that. He has been healthy that I had him first first team all NBA though. (laughs) 
They had a stretch though where they were like uh, a top-rated defense for like a decent period of time, and Jimmy was a huge part of that while it was happening. Jimmy and Bam, so that's why they're in there Jimmy for me. And Bam. Blocks, Miles Turner's defensive stats have been crazy this year. Blocks, yes. You know what I mean? Blocks, yeah. He's right. spazzing on blocks. Drew Holiday has clearly in, uh, increased the defensive capabilities of, of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. That's what they were missing. In a lot of ways, that's what they were missing was mm-hmm. a defensive-minded point guard that can play make. Well, I don't know, though. Holiday is kind of an off-ball guard, though, at, at the same time. Because he's a good, he's a decent rebounder. He's a well-rounded player. Yeah, he is. He's just very... He's more wing than point. Yeah. But, yeah, he really... Like you said, he does de- increase the defensive capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting me, to me that you left both Jimmy and Bam off of the first team when you said that they were a top within the top four of defenders in the NBA. Yeah, right but now. we're talking about this year. Specifically. Yeah. Like if we're uh, talking, yeah. if we're just talking in like terms of like potential or just like kind of talent, like, like yeah, they're up clout. there. Yeah, they're up there. But like in terms of this season, that first team is just, no, it's no nonsense. I mean, come on. You gotta sit here and leave Giannis, Kawhi, Rudy, Ben Simmons. Yeah. And beat off a first team all the NBA or all defense. Come on. Those guys are great defenders this year. Solid defenders this year. I have to agree. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's tough to leave those guys off there. But uh, that does it for all the picks. Honestly, that, uh, that puts us over an hour as well. I guess we could talk a little bit about the playoffs because that shit's about to be crazy. Yeah. Our, guys, the playoffs we're about to head into here is going to be insane. This is going to be a very nice year for the playoffs because automatically right off the bat, we have some drama-filled first-round matchups. Yep. This episode's going to drop tomorrow night around the time of the first play-in game. We got the Spurs and uh, the Spurs and the Grizzly, right? John Moran, I'm on my Grizzly. Yeah, J. Cole. Shouts out to J. Cole for a fire-ass album, by the way. Off-season. Crazy. Let me just be on record here, though. John Morant and the Grizzlies could have been the eighth seed. They had the Warriors within their grasp, but they just did not play with enough urgency. Maybe so, they didn't want to be the... Maybe they didn't want to be the eighth, though. Are you taking Jaw over the Spurs? That's going to be a close one. Because Jaw is better than Deontay Murray. Deontay. I don't know. It's, yeah, maybe it is Dejounte. Yeah, it's Dejounte. But Jaw is better than Murray. Spurs have DeRozan, and really, it comes down DeRozan. to what DeRozan's going to do. They do have DeRozan, but I, it'll be close. It'll be close. DeRozan is better than Jaw, obviously, but those are the two best players on both teams. Right. Uh, the Spurs don't have anybody like Jaron Jackson. Right. Jaron Jackson, I think, is a little bit rusty right now. I have not been watching him closely, but I'm pretty sure he's playing back in the shape because he did come back from an injury. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been out for most of the season. Mm-hmm. They're just very similar teams, I feel like, because they both play hard defense. Right. And they both are kind of still figuring it out on offense. Like they're trying to figure out whether they want to be a slashing team or a three-point shooting team. I feel like the Spurs are in that kind of like back and forth right now because one, they have one of the most mid-range oriented players in the league, DeRozan. DeRozan gets whatever he wants from the mid-range, but everybody else in that team kind of has to figure out what they want. And you know what? That's been affecting DeJounte Murray well 
because his pull-up jumper from mid-range looks super clean. Super clean. Very good. Yeah. So DeRozan's definitely rubbed off on him in that way, and that's going to help him so much because as soon as he starts extending that out to the three-point line, it's over. You know where I'd like to see DeMar DeRozan go? And play shooting guard. There's actually two places I'd like to see him go play shooting guard at. Boston. Or Cyrus. hybrid or a hybrid wing. No, not the Boston. Just play him at the two. Denver. Or Miami. Miami would be tough because he'd have to play defense. Granted, right. he's been playing defense for pop, but that's the biggest, that's the biggest flaw on that. But it's like maybe he could just pass because the rest of the team would be solid defensively. I bet he could pass or at least they could leave him out on the island. Right. You know, with another like a spot up shooter or something. Just try to hide hide, Just try to hide him to the best you can. Yeah. I take DeMar over Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Especially because it kind of seems like Vic might be cooked. Yeah. Because he's not coming back this year. I'm worried. Vic is cooked. He needs to go back to singing R&B. Have you you heard any of his He's pretty good at that. (laughs) He's not bad. (laughs) I don't like R&B and I don't like his music really, but he's not that bad. Uh, But yeah, he looks cooked. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think he'd be interesting in Denver too. Him in Denver would be... As a two guard next to Murray? Yeah. That would be... Because... That gets interesting. Think of the fit. Because that could actually be pretty damn interesting, like you said. Because then you have Gordon playing in the wing, you have Porter playing in the wing, and you got Jamal playing above the break. And you got all this room for DeRozan to be working around there. Cook. You got all the room for Cook in the mid. And you got Jokic setting him up off of slashes. DeMar is still athletic as fuck. Right. He can still drive and dunk yeah. like crazy. Yoga oh should God, be feeding man. him. That'd this be is really the interesting. Time we fanboyed over getting a shooting guard. <laughs> it's a Denver. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's different than like the Bioda Denver conversation. But uh, back to the playing tournament. Yeah, you got um, Spurs and Grizzlies tomorrow, and then you have Hornets and Wizards tomorrow, right? I'm watching that. Isn't it Hornets Wizards or is it Hornets and someone else? I think it's Hornets and. I think it is Hornets and Wizards. Because the 7 and 8 is Boston and... Oh, so both the 9 and 10 games are tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, and then the 7 and 8s are both... Damn. Yep. I gotta work tomorrow. I gotta work on Wednesday. I believe that's how it is. Let me look it up. No, that would make sense, though. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Because the Lakers-Warriors game is 10 o'clock Wednesday. I know that. Nice. Because I'm going to be off work. And I'm like, yep, I'm watching that shit. 100%. Okay, Wednesday, 7.30 is Spurs-Grizzlies. And 10 o'clock is Warriors-Lakers. And then tomorrow is Hornets-Pacers at 6.30. Wizards-Celtics at 9.00. Wizards Celtics could be interesting. Tomorrow is Hornets Pacers, Wizards Celtics, and I yeah. think you said Thursday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday is Spurs, Grizzlies, yeah. Warriors, Lakers. Okay, so they split it up east and west. Okay, that's interesting. I like how they did that. And then the winners of that would maybe play Thursday, you think, or Friday? I don't know. I wonder if they give them a day off. I bet it's a turnaround. I bet it's an immediate turnaround. It's probably back to back. 
Which would suck. Yeah, it sucks for them. But the, yeah, why would you do that to them? Nah, they probably get. They off. probably get. They probably give them a day off. But let's go ahead and uh, then then the playoffs just get crazy, man. At that point, it's such a shit show. They're honestly, this in. year, I don't know what's gonna happen, dude. I take probably Lakers and Golden State coming for the West. Yeah, the seventh and eighth. I think uh, Lakers beat Golden State handily in the play-in game, and then but then Warriors, Golden State can win the next one. Uh, yeah, against either one of those, and I think it's gonna be the Grizzlies. And I think they've already uh, shown they can. Yeah, they could beat either of those teams, the Spurs or the Grizzlies. Yeah, Curry would just need to go off, especially if Curry has like a bad game against the Lakers and then turns around and has a oh, great game. he needs game. two games. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Steph Curry with a two-game window is ridiculous because then you just feed him the ball. Right. And let him score 50, 60 points. Yeah. And it's over. It's going to be Lakers and Golden State. Uh, and then you get Phoenix. Know, and then you get Phoenix versus LA. And that's a, that's uh, a nice... First round series for the Lakers to get, honestly. Still challenging, though. Challenging? But I can see it. Yeah, I can see that being the the one that the Lakers are able to just handle, you know? I think that's the one they want, honestly. Who on, who on Phoenix is honestly going to check Anthony Davis? No one. I did look up their center rotation. Um, they have four players over 6'10". Only four players over 6'10". They have Kaminsky, Ayton, and Dario Saric as their center rotation. Mm-hmm. Not terrible, but Kaminsky's not getting minutes in the playoffs. No. And you need Sarich to really step up. You, you're going to need both 25 minutes a game out of both Aiton and Sarich. Right. At least. And like, just keep them going back and forth, back and forth. You're going to have to rely on uh, Crowder a lot too. Cam Johnson's their lot. backup power forward. You're going to require on him a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you'd have Jazz versus Warriors. And I have a lot of people out here saying that that's a tough matchup for Jazz. No, the and Jazz like, will beat them. No, it's not. Yeah, Jazz would beat them just because the, the go The Jazz should be pro- or like thanking God they're not playing the Lakers in the first round. Honestly. Because yeah. then they're going out. They should be their blessings. Yeah, they're going out like the Mavericks in like 2006 when they lost in the first round to the, the Warriors. Right. No, it was 2008. They lost to the We Believe Warriors. Wouldn't that be <laughs> hilarious? Oh my God, that'd be the horrible. We Believe Warriors again taking out the one seed. Wouldn't that also be hilarious though too at the same time as if the J- Warriors beat the Jazz? In the <laughs> oh, first it'd be awesome. <laughs> Especially if it was a 3-1 collapse again. Like oh my against. God. That'd be hilarious even. Uh, then you got Nuggets versus Trailblazers. I got Nuggets and seven on that. I think you could Let's easily say Portland and seven. Let's be a stand like I've been said to be. This is the Blazers' chance, I think. No Murray. They might as well take the biggest swing that they can because this is a Denver team that's not its full potential. Granted, it will be tough. It's going to be an interesting series. Will be an interesting series. There's a very possible oh, There's a very possible oh, sweep on our hands, though, too. From Portland? No, from Denver. Oh, I don't think they sweep Dame Lillard. There's a 15% chance they sweep Dame. I don't think Dame Lillard gets swept. LeBron James didn't even sweep Dame, Dame Lillard. swept before, though. LeBron James couldn't even sweep Dame Lillard. Dame okay, Lillard. but that was the first game against the Lakers, and when do the Lakers ever win game one? I'm not gonna... Eh, there's no sweep. The there. Lakers don't win game one. They this intentionally a, throw it so they get them to show their hands. This is a six or seven game series, no matter what. I don't care who you're picking. I don't know. I don't know. We get the Clippers and Mavs. I said at the beginning of the year I wanted to see this series again, and we're fucking getting it, dude. First round. I love it. I love it. 
I could see the Mavs out of nowhere. If the Clippers collapse, the Mavs pulling up. So. You know what it's going to take from the Mavs? KP. Hustle. And it's going to take KP staying healthy. It's going to take KP playing 27, 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers are going to have least. to choke at, at some least. point. And yeah, in the, at the least. And he's got to be good. Clippers are going to need Ibaka. I bet Ibaka is going to come back because he even had a quote the other day about getting right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's had he's something good. fucked up in his back or something. He said he had a pinched nerve and he was playing through it to begin the season because he thought he was going to be able to, you know, just. Yeah, they needed him to get stride, right for the playoffs. Yeah. So he's going to be back. So do you think Demarcus Cousins him? has been big for them too? Really? Yeah, Demarcus Cousins has been pretty impressive for them so far. I feel like he probably thinks his back is against the wall. I think he had to work to get a 10-day. Incremental plays, you know what I mean? Yeah. That count is what we've seen from him. I don't know. Mavs could push this to six games, though, again. All right, they push it It's going to gonna take legitimate defense from Willie Cauley-Stein, too. The Mavs are going to have to really find a way to tighten. I feel like Luke they're going to have to be unworldly. Yeah, we're talking like 30, 35 points per game. 30 points I'd a say. game. 30 points a game. But 35, though, that's not out of his realm. I'm not saying 35 is out of his realm, but... I think 30 points a game could do it as long as KP is there and their defense really steps up. And How much Tim do you Hardaway. need from KP? 17 to 20? Yeah. And you need a lot from Tim too. Richardson. Tim Hardaway. Oh yeah, Tim Hardaway too. And see, that's crucial because how consistent is Hardaway really going to be? Right, in a playoff is he setting. Score, is he going to score six points? I take Kawhi Leonard and Paul George over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be tough for the Mavericks, but I could see an upset happening and I would love it. <laughs> regardless this is Me a series too. that we wanted to see and we're getting to see it so that's great I'm very happy about that uh, at that point that's the first round of the uh, of the, the West. West Eastern Conference I would say we're probably going to see honestly dude I see the Wizards beating uh, the Celtics mm-hmm. taking the seventh seed and then I could potentially see the Hornets beating Boston. But then at that point, I think it's probably going to be Boston or Charlotte. And I kind of want it to be Charlotte low-key. I would like it for it to be Charlotte too. I think that Boston needs the time of an extended offseason. Yep. I think Boston needs time to get right. because And I think it would just put them in their place too. Yeah, put them in their place as well. Because, yeah. Complete. Just- a little humbling. A little humbling. Yeah, because they've just had a long run of being in like the conference finals. Yeah. So it would just check their ego and be a nice learning experience for Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's out anyway. Like, I don't know. The I don't Hornets know. need to execute though. How much does LaMelo Ball's clout go up though if he plays decent to well? I feel like a lot. Yeah, but then at that point you got Hornets and then eight seed. And playing the Philadelphia 76ers <gasps> in the first round. And you know what that means. That's just a shit show. You know what the 2-7 matchup is then? Oh, yeah. Brooklyn. Brooklyn and Washington. Yeah, which would be And nuts. those teams match up. I'm not going to lie. They match up. Granted, we know how good Brooklyn is. Uh, but this Washington Wizards team What if Boston Beal just beat them somehow, dude? If they beat them in one game, I will be satisfied. What if they somehow took the series, bro? Russ beats KD. In <laughs> <laughs> KD's best team ever. And Russ just beats him with the Washington I Wizards. I know. The Golden State Warriors with KD Durant is better than this Brooklyn team. Let's be real. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And more proven, too. But yeah, that's a really interesting series. Uh, 
three and six is obviously we already talked about that. I yep. can see that going either way, but I want to see Miami take it. It sucks for the Bucks though at the same be- time because then they're sitting there with Giannis like, what do we do? Right? What do we do? Yeah, if he can't even win the first round. That's honestly a really interesting series. It is because I'm there's so a close. lot there's a lot hinging on that. Yeah. That's for, a honestly series. for both teams. Because that's one of those series you would kind of hope to be like the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And I, I want to see Miami versus Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. I oh key. my god, that would be insane. Uh yeah, but Miami Miami Milwaukee in the first round is fucking beautiful. I love that we're getting that. Uh then four and five Hawks Knicks. I got in the Knicks. I think you Me do too. too. I mean, that's easy. We'll see. We'll see. The Knicks, the Hawks have made a path for themselves to get here. We haven't been too sold on them because I know both you and I do not like Trey Young, and I don't know. We'll just we'll see. I think defensively, I can see this being a six or seven game. I think defensively, this is a nightmare for Atlanta for the Hawks. Yeah, and I think the there's this Tom Thibodeau defense is just gonna destroy them. So. What about this? Do you entertain this thought? The Knicks are better on defense, but the Hawks are better on offense. I think that's yeah. a for sure. <clears throat> for sure statement. <sighs> Trey Young is better offensively than Randall, but Randall's having a better season. John Collins is a better secondary scorer than they have on the than anybody on the Knicks. He's better as a secondary scorer I than Barry. Julius Randall over Trey Young. This season. I just don't like I think Trey. We've, I just yeah, don't I like Trey Young. I think we've yet to see Trey Young in a truly streamlined role where he's in control of the offense like a Steve Nash role that he wants to be. Steph he's, Curry. He, yeah, he's primarily focused on just slashing, shooting, and distributing the ball. Mm-hmm. That's why him and Collins need to stick together. Plus, man, you know what? So a guy that we don't shout out much on this podcast, if ever. They have Clint Capella. Yeah. And Capella could be big. Arguably a second team all the NBA player. I was thinking about that too. I was like, do we put this guy over he's Turner? Like the, he's like the fourth or fifth best center in the NBA. You can put him over Turner. Well, sixth or seventh. He's in the top 10 for sure. Best centers in the NBA. He could definitely go on over Turner. Even Paul George. I would argue that Turner is not that big of a defensive presence. He gets a fuck ton of blocks. But he he does get scored on a lot. Right. He's just got a huge wingspan and a big body. Yeah. Yeah, the playoffs, man. They're, they're, they're the playoffs are so full of drama. <laughs> they're going to be nuts, bro. They're I can't be wait. Crazy. I can't wait. This episode's dropping tomorrow and then tomorrow night. And then we'll do a play-in tournament review after that is over. We'll see what happens with all those games and then who comes in clinching the eight and seven. And then from there, man, we're just going to be watching fucking basketball and and hopefully getting a few pods in there. We got to. <laughs> I promise to this nation that I will watch at least 90% of the playoffs. Yep. We'll watch at least... I said every game, but it may be impossible. It's going to be impossible to watch every game, but I'm going to watch a lot of fucking basketball. Me too. And the finals, locking I'm locking in. in. <laughs> finals, I'm locking in. Shout out to all our listeners. I'm going to be moved into our house by the time the finals are there, so we're watching every game. Let's fucking go. We're watching every game. All right. We got to hit with one more take and close this up. One more take for me. I'm going playoff-oriented.
If the Lakers win the NBA championship this year, Anthony Davis will be your finals MVP. If the Brooklyn Nets win the NBA championship this year, James Harden will be the finals MVP. Ooh. I like that. Anthony Davis takes it. For the Lakers. Takes it for the Lakers. Arguably had it last year, honestly. And James Harden, I think, would be the clear... Honestly, just in terms of what he is to that team, if the Brooklyn Nets are to win the championship... It's going to be James. Yeah, it'll be James Harden. Because just the assist total, rebounds, and scoring all around. Just moving that offense. What do you got? The Milwaukee Bucks will be in fire sale mode during this offseason. Because of a first-round collapse? Who's to say? All right. All first, right. First round, second round, third round collapse. The Milwaukee Bucks will be fire sale mode. Cleaning house. Send it. All right. As always, follow us on Twitter at Pod Dip and on Instagram at the Dip Pod. We appreciate any and all listeners download, share, and enjoy the podcast. We are on pretty much everywhere that podcasts are streamed Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Google. You name it, we're there. Amazon, all of them. Title, we're coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming for you. Um, yeah, engage with us on social media. We love that. And uh, hasta luego. Asalamu alaikum. Peace. Asalamu alaikum, my brother.